All right, the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Now let's declare the word of understanding as we begin to study. Therefore, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. That will be your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, please, can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Tell the person, congratulations. You are said to be blessed today. You are very wise. You are very wise. God's wisdom is coming to you. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. The Lord is good. All right, let's just read the first Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to start reading for verse 1. We have a bit of length to read. And now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? Since I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Uh, for time's sake, I will um, jump verse 2, and then we'll go down to uh, verse 5. When they asked him, How, why have you come? The elders asked him in verse 4. Okay, let's just read from verse 4. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem, And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, In peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked. Now remember, he came because he was supposed to pick a king for God, that for Israel as a replacement for Saul. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Now please notice the word rejected him. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse made Shammah pass by. The same thing. The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Now, at this point in time, the prophet must have been getting confused. Because all the sons had passed by. And the Lord has said to him, I have picked a king for myself from amongst the sons. So he had to ask the question in verse 11. Are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. 
Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. The Lord is good. Now let's open our Bibles also to the book of Luke chapter 19. Those are the two main verses we'll read uh, today. Last time we read from the book of Psalm 16. We saw that the lions are falling for us, all right, in pleasant places. And we have a goodly heritage. But this time around, let's read that, that book of Luke chapter 19. In addition to what we have already read in verse, um, in First Samuel chapter 16. Now we're going to read uh, from verse uh, 12. The Lord said to them, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive a kingdom for himself and then return. And he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, Do business with this until I come back. But the citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. But when he returned, after receiving the kingdom, he ordered that these slaves to whom he had given the money be called to him so that he might know what business they had done. The first appeared, saying, Master, your mina has made ten, ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good slave. Because you have been faithful in a very little thing, you are to be in authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, Your mina master has made five minas. And he said to him also, And you are to be over five cities. I'm going to stop reading here because um, those are the things uh, that are important in what I want to teach them um, today. Now, we're talking about how God lifts up his people and the fact that he is the lifter of people. That's what I want to emphasize. Let me just say something to you. Faith is important to work with God. Faith is, is crucial. Without faith, it is impossible to work with him. Without faith, you cannot work. God can use you whether you have faith or you don't have faith, but you will not get any reward for what he is doing through you if you are not doing it by faith. What I mean is that even the thief is doing the will of God in his own life. I hope you get my point. I hope you get my point there. And that is, God will use you for something. It's even the wicked has been made for his role for the day of evil. Now, but if we are going to do what is pleasing to God in our lives and get a good reward for it, it's going to be something that we do by faith. Now, faith does not mean I always have the instructions directly from God before I do what I'm doing. That's not what faith means, all right, necessarily. However, the fundamental thing about faith is that we must have the right knowledge of God. Now, you must have the right understanding of what is going on. Let me, let me take our country as an example. Many people are praying, but it's not in faith. They are praying about the next election. We do that a lot of times. We pray about the economy and all of that. I want to say it again. It's unfortunate, but a lot of Christians are actually not praying in faith. Now, this is what I mean by they are not praying in faith. You ask God. Now, listen to this. There has to be expectation in your heart. You cannot pray except there is faith in your heart. Now, please bear that in mind. Faith produces expectation. You only come to prayer when faith is in the heart. You don't come to prayer because you want to look for faith. You come to prayer because faith is in the heart. This is what I'm trying to say. He said, lend me three loaves. That man went to his neighbor's house and asked him, lend me three loaves. Now, for you to come to your neighbor and ask, lend me three loaves, you assume he has. You're following that point? Yeah, you know he has. If you didn't think he had, if you felt he was poorer than you, you wouldn't be there persistently knocking. Of course, you can just shout on the road, please, who has three loaves? But when you get to a man's house and you keep knocking, it is because you know he has. You know the food will come out if you persist. That's what it's called faith. 
when we go to God also, it's the same thing. The reason why we can go to him is because we know that he has what we need, what we want, and is able to give it to us. The reason why we go to him is because we expect something will come out of it. We expect that something will come out of it. The reason why we go to God is that we know that this is the source of this thing. If you do go to God without that in mind, you are wasting your time. Your prayer is a prayer of habit. Now, you know, when James was speaking, and he talked about the prayer of faith, before we, t- we try to classify prayer, say there is prayer of intercession, there is prayer of uh, thanksgiving, there is prayer of um, um, uh, supplication, petition, and they will now say amongst that there is prayer of faith. So we say, what is a prayer of faith? A prayer of faith is the kind of prayer I pray and I don't repeat it. Unfortunately, even though our classification is appropriate, the Bible talks about prayer, supplication, you know, thanksgiving, you know, intercession. They are all there in scriptures. There's prayer of agreement. If two of you shall agree, that all of this prayer of petition, uh, supplication, um, intercession, agreement, they are all prayers of faith. When you are classifying things, they are subclasses. All of them are prayers of faith. It is not as if there's a prayer of petition or, or supplication or intercession and then there is prayer of faith. The prayer of supplication that is effective must be a prayer of faith. Do you get my point here? If it is not a prayer of faith, it is not effective. When James said the prayer of faith will save the sick, he was classifying prayer in another dimension. That is, some prayers are prayers of faith, whereas some are prayers of like I give as an example, copy, you are copying somebody else. Some are prayers of habit. That is, I really don't expect anything. Like a joke I read many years ago. A young man wanted to pray, so he knelt down and said, Our Father who art in heaven. And then he heard the Father say, hey, What can I do for you, my son? He said, Please don't disturb, I'm praying. How, do you get my point? <laughs> so he told the Father, Please don't disturb me, I'm trying to pray. Hallowed be thy name. He said, Okay, what is the matter? He said, Please, I'm trying to say my prayers. You are interrupting. That prayer is what? A prayer of habit. Now, what James was saying that there's a prayer of faith, a prayer that knows that God answers prayers, a prayer that came to God, the person that came to God, because he said, if I come, I will get something. I will stand at his door until I collect something. That's the prayer of faith. It's as opposed to prayer of copycat. It's as opposed to prayer of desperation. That is, there's nowhere else to go. So they said, try pray, prayer. Let us now try. It's as opposed to prayer of, like I mentioned, habit. We are copying somebody. It's as opposed to somebody said that, ah, I adjure you, to, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. There's a Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's a prayer of unbelief. Please, I hope you're following my, following my point here. Now, I'm going somewhere. So, if there's no faith in the heart, there's no prayer. Back to the matter of the country. Why I say many people are wasting time in what they call prayer is this. They want to pray concerning the last election. And then you hear statements like, God does not decide the leader. It is those of us that come together and agree. The question now is that, what is your prayer about then? I don't know whether you are getting my point. Somebody will go to prayer and kneel down and say, Lord, it is the turn of my people. And he says he's praying. That is not prayer because you have removed God's choice. Now, there's a difference. I'm not going to do this about prayer now. There are things you do. They wrote a prayer point down in a church, a big denomination. And they said, pray that there will be trouble in the seat of government so that the head of state will run away. There are certain prayers you pray. It shows that 
you have refused to ascribe greatness to the Lord. You have deliberately refused it. I have talked with pastors. If I remember one of my friends, a pastor, we sat down and argued for hours. And I told him that day, I said, sir, I believe the Lord sent me to you so that you stop saying this thing you are saying. Why did I say that? Because that day, my wife just said, it's been a while since we saw your friend, though. Let's go and visit. And we went to visit, and this discussion came up. And if I tell you to be surprised, okay, it's unlike me. Normally, such things I don't argue with somebody like him. But that the, the spirit of argue with him came upon me. <laughs> he will say one thing, I'll say two. He will say three, I'll give him four. And at the end of the day, I told him, you're not, you're not speaking for God anymore. I said, you remind me of my pastor in those days when we were in Lagos. Once he came to church and apologized to everybody. He said because he realized he had become a Nadeko prophet. For those who don't know Nadeko, National Democratic Coalition of those days were fighting for the actualization of June 12th and returned to democratic rule in Nigeria when Abacha was head of state, the military government. And my pastor confessed that I had become a Nadeko prophet. I said, look, you have become something like my pastor used to be, which is very unfortunate. As a Christian, you are a Christian. You have to have divine viewpoint. You don't see with what the common eyes see. You must learn to judge with righteousness. What do you call righteousness? It means you dig into the heart of God to find out what is sin for the moment. I hope you're getting my point here. And that is why David will tell you, you know, was it Isaiah that was saying, you have to learn to ascribe greatness to the Lord. You must ascribe greatness to him. That's why we are believers. We must believe something that other people don't believe. So a lot of people are praying for the country. They don't, they, their prayers are doing nothing. They're not going to get any results because they kneel down in prayer and at this point in time, they start praying with a kind of mindset that like uh, we are the ones that decide who the ruler is. Meanwhile, scriptures, verses, plenty all over the place show us clearly and Daniel said it clearly, directly that it is God who rules. Democracy does not rule. It's God who rules. Each generation, listen to this. In each generation, God has a way by which he makes his will known. In each generation, he has a way by which he makes his will known. In this generation, in most countries on this earth, the way by which he makes his will known is through voting. But do you know what? The final result of the vote is written in heaven. The result of the vote is written in heaven. Don't take away from the power of God. Do you know who you are dealing with? He said, what if everybody comes out to vote? I hear people say things like that. He can make them not come. He can make them sick. They won't be able to vote. He can make them hear a rumor. They will not come. He can make them vote for the wrong person. That they will leave their homes intending to vote from APC. They will get there, vote for SDP. And they will not even know. Do you know who you are dealing with? You are dealing with the almighty God. Do you realize, let me give an example. How many people actually vote? Most, look, if you hear the number of um, PVCs not collected, you know, sometimes God will just say, everybody, arise. All the people that will vote for the person that wants to win, you are going to collect your PVC. And you won't hear any voice like, uh, Dust says the Lord. Your friend will just say, your PVC. I've not collected. Let's go and collect now. And that's how one person here will say, one person there will say, another person will say, God will skew it. The angels will mobilize only those who will execute 
his judgment. Who will execute his will? That's what he does. I've told the story before of how God made Patrobesin's father lose his Senate seat. The man had been a senator for nothing less than 30 years. Or maybe at least definitely more than 20 years. And the time came, God said, this man's tenure in the Senate is over. And you know what happened? He was in his own strong, you know everybody has a strong base. Are you getting my point? It's like, you know, let me give you an like he's an APC senator in Lagos. Think about it. And he was going for re-election. Something like that. So you know what happened? The Lord made everybody hear a rumor that uh, he's our usual candidate. He will always win. He has not lost in the last maybe six elections. For that reason, a spirit of despondency, or no, I don't know despondency, a spirit of um, laxity, it came upon his people. And on the day of the election, you know what happened? Snow fell. Let's use Nigeria as an example. It rained heavily. So those people felt that since he will win anyway, I don't know whether you're getting the point. They didn't leave their homes. That's how they all stayed at home. But his opponent and his supporters, God gave them an impetus, pushed them. They went out in the snow. They braced the weather. They all went and voted. They counted the results. To everybody's shock, the man lost. You are getting my point here? He surprised everybody. That was what God has said will happen. Why don't we take a lesson from something like the last American presidential elections? Everybody, if I, I, when I was listening to Sadhu Sunder, Selvaraj talk about it, he said even Donald Trump was shocked. If you read some of the books written about him later, they said his wife started crying. She started crying. She couldn't believe it. They were shocked. And you don't blame them. Think about it. He got almost 3 million votes less than Hillary Clinton. The popular vote. He got almost 3 million less than Hillary Clinton. But long before the day of the election, that the prophesied that he will be the next president. So when they declared him the winner, I still remember I watched CNN live that day. CNN that hated Donald Trump more than anything, they kept on analyzing the result. That, that the result from this here is, is, is coming in. I like Clinton is doing a good one, and that Donald Trump is doing a good one on this side. Uh, but it looks like he's leading out. But you know, the other results will come in, and then Hillary Clinton will win. You know, they were so sure. You know why they were so sure? They were looking at the areas where they had what they call swing, the swing states. Those people that sometimes they vote for Democrats, sometimes they go vote for Republicans. They didn't look at the ones that always voted Democrats in the last 50 years. Because those were the ones that God went to. Three of those states that were, for the last 50 years, consistently voting for the Democrats. They shifted. This time around, voted for Republicans. Donald Trump counted his electoral college votes and won. Don't bother with any political analysis. That was what God decided. Please, I hope you are following me. That was the decision of the Almighty. Now, listen to what I'm trying to say in all of these things. So, when you are going to prayer, therefore, in a country like ours, with this knowledge, we're not learning from America, we just give us an example. From, from scriptures, we have found that God is the one that appoints. So, we pray, Lord, give us, are you getting my point? Can you see what I'm saying now? Give us a leader that we are making our request from him. Many people, instead of doing that, 
They are so they are they are so busy fighting. You know, you people have you have agreed you have agreed to vote for a man that will not help you. And you hear a preacher, they come to the pulpit and they say it. And preachers will come to the pulpit and be mobilizing for candidates. That is against the will of God. It's against divine order. You can't come to the pulpit and mobilize for any candidate, no matter how good you think he is. What you will do, you will kneel down and pray and ask God for mercy. Good leaders are the judgment of God. When I say judgment, that is the decree of God. When God has settled down and said, all right, good. Let me do these people good. He will give them a good leader. If he settles down and says, they have sinned. I need to punish them. I need to break what the Bible says. Bible calls, I need to break the staff of bread. That is, I need, the man is earning 5,000 naira and is eating well. I want him to be hungry. I am going to give him a leader that will make his 5,000 naira worth only the 2,000 naira of today within three years. God makes us decrease. Don't you read your Bible? So the Bible, the Bible says that the, the Lord broke the staff of bread. He said, when the Egyptians annoy me, I hand them over to the hand of a cruel ruler. When Egyptian annoys me again, I turn his heart against that of his brother. They start fighting. Communal clashes. The problem we have is that we have so glorified the devil, we don't magnify God. If you want to stop communal clashes, therefore, it's not through truth and reconciliation panels, committees. It is for people to kneel down and pray and say, Lord, have mercy on the people. Half of them are dead. I remember the days of um, Bosnia as a governor. The siege of Sarajevo and all of that. I was watching that. I was shortly after my NYC. And I remember when the whole world gathered and had a meeting. And that, I think, was Rodovan Karadzic. How do you pronounce their funny name? It was until he said the war is over. By the next week, the war intensified. The whole world was tired. It's not, they, they, they negotiated. But until God showed them mercy, and if God doesn't show mercy, people will fight until the last man dies. And their spirits will continue fighting. So that when their children grow up there, the fight will continue. So if you want to end conflict, you end it in the place of prayer, not negotiation. I see the amount of effort Christians put into some things. They don't understand. They don't understand the judgment of God. They don't understand the mercy of God. Most importantly, they don't understand the sovereignty and the power of the Almighty. They don't understand what it means when the Bible says that he's a judge. This is a digression. I'm not going to my message. I'm going to bring out something here. When we have the truth in our minds, we want to pray. Our prayers are worded differently. We want to pray. There's communal clashes in a place. We kneel down and say, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. Because of Jesus Christ, have mercy. And as you are saying that, you say, Lord, give truth so that we can go and praise the truth. So you start praying for truth to advance in the place because no matter how, how much God has mercy, if the things that initiated destruction returns to the place, his mercy will last for but a short time and his judgment will return. The church, listen, don't ever forget that. When I say church, I mean the body of Christ. Never forget, you are the solution to the problems of mankind. Next time they say, contribute money for the hungry. Don't, 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 don't I mean, like, give some money, all right? I'm not saying you shouldn't. But realize that that money for the hungry is not the solution to any problem. But if you hear contribute money for the advancement of the gospel into the area of hunger, please sell what you have and give. Because that is what they actually need. Feeding the hungry will keep him alive so he can hear the gospel. You can't continue feeding him thinking that 
That's the help he needs. If he doesn't hear the gospel, if as a nation, a society, they don't hear the truth, what happens eventually is that they will eat, but they will become sick. Because their destruction will not abate just because you brought food. They will eat and be full. And the hunger will go away. They will stop dying from famine. Then a plague will come in. Go and read your Bible. When God wants to destroy people, when their judgment is ripe, they, it comes in waves. And you've seen it again and again. Fights will break. I remember the days of, of um, Rwanda. Neighbor killing neighbor. After weeks and weeks of killing each other, finally the fight came to an end. They know what happened? Cholera entered. The killing continued, but this time around with cholera. People began to starve to death in the refugee camps. Naturally speaking, it will appear as if these things have, have an order that can be explained. But go and read your Bible. There are different waves of destructive spirits. You see one angel will, will arrive. And is riding a black horse. One will arrive riding a red horse. And each one that is coming is coming with a different kind of calamity. So you don't chase solving the calamities without coming to God to pray for mercy for people. Without coming to God to ask for him to stay the hand of judgment. And then without committing yourself as a church to advancing righteousness into the place. The mercy will last for a short while. The judgment will return again. Do you know why? Because God is just. He can't have mercy on people. And then they will continue in their iniquity. And he say because he's a just, he's a good God, they will continue to bless them. He does not do that. He suspends judgment that, that peradventure people will learn to do righteousness. You want to pray concerning our country? Election, this is how you pray. A bad leader is not, the, it's not because we don't know how to make the right choices. Bad leaders are commanded to occupy the seat when God is not yet ready to give the people a good one. And when I say ready, it's not because it just says, okay, tomorrow we get a good leader. No. That's why I said what we need is good followers who can pour forth a right spirit before the judgment throne of God. And then God will say, good. Now give them a good leader. Let him arise from amongst them. You do not pray with this in mind. And you are praying for a country. You are wasting your time. I say that categorically. You are wasting your time. You are wasting time. My classmates, we know, they chat a lot since the last um, about 10 days now. Ever since um, Atiku picked his uh, running mate, it has been fight morning, afternoon, and evening on who we win, who we lose. I told them the other day, I said, listen, listen we're just exercising ourselves in, you know, we're just enjoying ourselves. You know, old classmates, get my point. We graduated from school long ago. These are my classmates of 27 years ago. We left school 27 years ago. So I know, you know the way it is. It's the men that, when you're talking politics, the men have taken the place over. Only one woman puts her mouth. But look, I said, listen, guys, relax. The next head of state was appointed since. Before they picked forms, he had been appointed. Another person said the same thing today because some people were getting really angry. They said, what are we angry about? We're just playing. After all, all this our talk is not affecting anything. I gave him a thumbs up because he just told the truth. That is how Christians pray in faith. Now, I went to all of that trying to understand something to us. That, listen, you must have faith in your heart for the power of God to manifest in your life. Now, back to our message, therefore. What are we talking about? God lifts people. Anything you want to do in life, bear it in mind. He's a lifter. I hope you are getting my point. When you want to pray, bear it in mind. He's a lifter. Your life is not an accident. 
where you will get to tomorrow is not determined by you. It's determined by God. That is the final judgment, the decree, is released by him. When we, when, what the part you have to play is to ensure you do that which is right in his eyes, say the right prayer so that he issues the right decrees concerning you. That's what we are saying. It is not the money you save now that will determine whether you are rich or poor tomorrow. It's the blessing of God. Please get this. So when you are doing what you are doing, put these things at the back of your heart. Because without faith, you don't tap into grace. That's, what, that's the fundamental principle of faith. Knowing the truth about what is going on is a fundamental principle. Now, I'll talk about it. You know, we said last time, except the Lord builds a house, the laborers are building in vain, but they will still build if the Lord is building. Are you getting my point? So when we are building, we must bear in mind that it is God that's actually building. We are just acting out what he's doing in the realm of the spirit. So it says also, that except the Lord watches the city, the watchmen are awake in vain. Now, if the Lord is watching the city, the watchmen will still be awake. Do you get the logic? They will still be awake, but it will just not be in vain. That's just what we are saying. So we are not saying that people will not do what they are supposed to do. People will still do what they are supposed to do. The watchmen will still stay awake, except that it will not be in vain. All right? But if the Lord is not watching the city, if you like, sniff cocaine to keep awake. Be, giving, be cutting your own flesh to keep awake. The Bible says you are keeping awake in vain. Now, having, we have these things in mind, all right? So, now, we'll do what we have to do, but we know that it's not what we are doing that's guaranteeing the future. That's the point I'm making. We understand that it's not what we are doing that's determining the future. The, the, the future is determined only by what we are doing towards God's judgment, how we are living before him, how we are praying before him, not how we are gathering and planning our future. Now, let me tell you something. I said it before. The Bible says he himself does not know how. The earth by itself produces. Many people that write books don't know what happened. And all the principles you find inside their books have been tried by even men that failed. I don't know whether you hear what I said. All those things they told you to do. These are the seven keys for making money. Go and check many poor people. They also did it. Everything they told them to do. Save 10%. Invest 10%. It's 10%. How did you do it again? Reinvest, reinvest the one that you have invested. You know, I saw one the other day. I, I laughed. Please, can I just digress for a moment? I will get back to my message. Young people especially. In fact, young and old. I've seen foolish old men before. So, young and old, listen to this. Quick money does not exist. What did I say? If it comes and you get it, you have bought a curse. So don't look for it. I'm going somewhere. You know, I told you I saw something. I read papers the other day. <laughs> and a 24-year-old boy in Ife or Ibadan and that area defrauded thousands of people of a few billions of naira. Now, that's not the gist. The gist was that when I read it, or the 24-year-old boy has disappeared. It's his younger brother who's 22 that is in police cell. Oh, no, he's been released on bail. Now, what I couldn't understand is that I told my wife, I said, people still do things like this. That is, you could get clients from where? The boy said, now, this way, this, way, this way I'm going. Everybody knows that pyramid schemes don't work and Ponzi schemes. That it, you know what they call Ponzi scheme? The Ponzi is just that, they, okay, I promise you, this is what the boy did. He promised everybody guaranteed return of 20% a month. You give me 100,000 naira, I guarantee you I'll pay you 20% every month. So the next question is, where do you get the money from? This is where they tell everybody. Now listen to this. They will not tell you we are dealing in, we have a mine in, in Congo. 
We are dealing in gold. We are doing a bank, uh, uh, what do you call it? Government contracts. And they tell you we are doing online trading. That was one of the latest lies. I hope you know it's a lie. If you have your money in any of those schemes right now, please rush, leave the service before I finish preaching. That is. Go and collect your money back is all a lie. This is how this little boy, 24, and his younger brother. Now, it's billions people are looking for. There's not reading testimonies of those who were their patrons, patronizing them. One man said, one, one funny one. His brother sent him money from America to help him build a house in Nigeria. So then he just turned it over a few times. Do I need to tell you the money has gone? I, should, I don't need to tell you. And that one said he collected his retirement benefits. I, my own is that, so you will still do things like this. I mean, I've seen these things come and go for over 30 years. And they still have customers. Human beings are just foolish. That is, foolishness is bound in the heart of people, not a child now, because they don't even grow. You see, adults, somebody said he'll give you 20% return every month. Common sense should have told you that with the wickedness of human beings, if it was true, why is he telling you? No, think about why will he tell you? Why will he tell you? Because all he needs to go to the bank, is to go to the bank, he'll be able to get bank facility at 20 something percent, 22 percent per annum. And give it to himself every month. 240% in a year. He pays the bank, does a tight on it, and their interest is complete. Common sense, why would he give it to you? Just think about it. You know what I found out? A lot of people now realize that it will collapse. But they said, let me get in and get out before it collapses. I have another word for you. You are a thief. Once you know and you deliberately participate, Satan will use it against you in the judgment room, in the judgment room of God. He will. You are stealing. You are deliberately participating in iniquity. You know it is wrong. Don't ever forget, temptations are called temptations because they are tempting. The knowledge of the fact that you know that it will collapse after a short while and you're rushing. Is the, is the indictment against you before the judgment throne of God. You've broken many scriptures anyway. Let's not even go there. You love quick gain. The curse of God is in the heart, in the life of the fellow that loves quick gain. You can't love quick gain and be blessed by God. One is that I just printed 10,000 naira. In two is to become 50,000. Say, I don't want. Say why? Say because it's too quick. Tell them it's too quick. You see people believing lies. Listen, once you love quick gain, you can't be wise. Let me say this to you. Once you love quick gain, you cannot be wise. Wisdom is taken from you by divine commandment. There is no way of loving quick gain and sustaining wisdom. You will make a bad investment that will ruin you, especially in the latter days of your life. You can't help it. As people sometimes sit down and say, look, okay, I want to start, look, it will collapse after like, you know, it might last like 18 months. Don't worry. We'll go in. By the ninth month, we start pulling our investment out. So that when it collapses, once you talk like that, you see, it's been recorded. When Satan wants to accuse you before the throne of God, he doesn't have to go far. God brings the recording, play it, and God will see, the Bible says, he that devised evil. He sees the evil you are devising. Because you know, listen, there are things you should not participate in. 
you must never, the Bible says, join the multitude to do wrong. Leave money alone. Your life does not depend on it. Quick again, you can't love it and be wise. Foolishness is your portion. You start doing foolish things. There are people that they were poor, but managing. Small salary they will eat. Wear a decent shirt, decent pair of trousers, decent shoes. For the women, decent makeup. Not much. Oh. Then somebody will get them into a quick gain. 18 months later, the fellow has changed his number three times. Why? Because all of a sudden, he's owing people. You know, that there's a time when you are poor, but you are, you are, you're just happy. When you pour your gari and your granules with sugar and mix it, you eat it with gladness of heart. Anybody knocks on the door, come in. You won't join me. They, they now, you now get you into quick gain. I remember the days of MMM. There's one guy I saw his pictures everywhere. Doing wedding. Bought his wife a, one particular brand new, one of these Korean cars. And I was thinking, I was shaking my head. That this guy will be poor in less than two years. There's nothing he can do about it. See, the curse arising on towards him from the nation is too great. At that time, it had not collapsed. But I was laughing. I said, this guy, you can't sustain this. This wife will leave you. I don't know him, but go and investigate. That girl has left by now. I can, I can almost bet money. There are wives you marry at such times. They are, they are evil by nature. God sent them to you to ruin your life. Did you get my, did you, I don't know what I, They call the guy a guy that be guy dance. Abby. What did they call him that time? <laughs> Listen, the money he collected has curses on it. If he eats, his mouth will be full with gravel. He can't help it. Oh, I pray you get the point. It's not about being smart. You can't be smart. You cannot be. You cannot be smart. You don't understand. The most are your companions. I remember one guy came to our school when I was a student. To our hospital. He was on admission in the psychiatric ward because he was addicted to cocaine. Was it cocaine or heroin? So we were treating him. So I remember my class. He was a young guy, of course, senior to us, but young guy. So one day he sat down. My classmates would go and gist with him, the guys, and tell them how they do the trade, where they go from, uh, I don't remember the country, but from Bolivia to Colombia to this and that, how you buy shoes, pretend as if it's an importer of shoes, and then they remove the shoes, stuff cocaine into it and all of that. So one day my professor invited him and used him as our case study for uh, what they call um psychotherapy through environmental manipulation. So we're talking about it. And he sat and that he was just laughing. So after the, war, the, war, the, 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 the session, he was telling my guys, say all this when your guys talking. He said, it's my box I want. You see what I said? He says, my box I want. That is, he knows that being on cocaine is bad. He has come for treatment. But he's not planning to stop the trade. He says, my box I want. But he came to hospital to win himself off cocaine. Why dealing the drug to other people who will not be able to come to hospital? And you think God is dead. Whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap. God is not mocked. You can't mock him. Please, I just feel like dropping that one by the way. Like I said, initially I said young people, but I felt young and old. One day a woman in my office, I saw her crying. Madam, why are you crying? You know, when a woman is crying, what is the first thing you think about? Her husband. I said, these wicked men, they have come again. Always making these women cry. 
Madam, is it your husband? He said, no. Do you want to go home? She said, yes. I said, okay, I allow you. Close, you can go. Next day, she came to see me. Just to thank me for my concern yesterday. Why were you crying anyway? Hmm. Hey. Then anytime they pay salary, she starts crying. So why was she crying? Salary was just being paid. Oh, when they pay salary, you start crying. How on earth? Everybody rejoices now. I don't get a lot. God do it. That is the normal thing now. <laughs> when they pay salary, it's dancing time. He said, oh. Then what happened was that one woman was doing investment, investment club. Told her to bring money. The money was going to be doubled in two months. I looked at her. I said, people like you still exist? That was my question. I said, do they still make you? I mean, like, your model is old. I mean, Toyota has stopped making your model of human being. I like, no, that was my question. I said, do they still make your type? That was my question. I said, Somebody told you that and you believe it. Ah, you see other people who had done it or it was working. I said, gee. You believe it. I said, what did your husband say? He said, he warned me. God gave you a prophet. He did not listen. Believe also his prophets, so shall you prosper. He said, I was trying to help him. That was how Uzzah died too. <laughs> Trying to help a word that has been prophesied that you should not do something. They said that not only did she put her money, she borrowed. Now that is oh, that is the cause of the of the cry. So anytime salaries are paid, as people are rejoicing, I don't get a lot. Is the bank, the cooperative that are rejoicing on her behalf? They will cannibalize her income and just give her the change. So anytime people are rejoicing, she bursts into tears. I looked at her that day. I said, how on earth could you have believed it? He said, other people were doing it. It was working. I said, but think about his logic. This person is doubling your money every 60 days. If it was possible, why didn't she approach the bank? Oh, what did she say she was doing with the money? He said, he said that they were doing government contracts. And they needed your money. And you believe it? If you lock quick gay, you can't be wise. When the next round came one day, you know, when MMM came, there's another one running in Enugu beside MMM. No, not, 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 not less partner with you. Yes, I think it's ultimate, one of those things anyway. So I saw her one day, I said, Madam, come. She came. I said, I want to ask you a question. Did you put your money in all of these things? She looked at me. I said, answer me. Sir, you didn't put much, oh, I just... <laughs> I said to her, I have given up on you. I told, I, 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 Madam, I've given up. That is, I'm not talking to you again. Don't talk to don't greet me. Don't greet me. You still put your money. He said it was only smart. Don't care whether it's 15 naira. You still put your money. That was why God destroyed the whole world. People are incurable. My people, you know what God wants to do? Just hate quick gain. We're not negotiating now. Just hate it. It's not does it work or does not work. Just hate it. Say this one is quick gain I don't want. In life you want to be lifted. Let me tell you something. Make sure you are known for something. When you go here, this is your assignment for today. Ask yourself, what am I known for? 
What is it that people will need? They will remember me. If there is nothing like that, go and start praying. Say, God, no, 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 no. This is not life. This is not life. Where is it that people will see my name and they will say, this must be going on here? Let, let me give you an example. If you are going on the road now, you see a big poster and you see, you just see my name, Banky Olushino. You instantly think, you know, one day, <laughs> they were organizing a, 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 you know, like this uh, network marketing thing and all of that. Somebody so somebody invited my wife, so please invite your friends. So she invited somebody. This is where I'm going. Funny enough, she didn't go there herself that day. One woman got there and expected to see me preaching. I don't know whether I get my point. Why? Because she didn't read the text message properly. She just saw my wife's name. The banking, her name stood out to her. She copied the address, carried her Bible, and went there. <laughs> Serious matter. I'm not, I'm not joking. Then she came out from there and called my wife and said, ah, I thought your husband was preaching. My wife said, when did I tell you my husband was preaching? That was when she read the message again and realized that some people are organizing a training for business or something like that. The woman entered her mood to drive, come out. What I want to say, when she just saw my name, she said, preaching time, blessing time. She carried her Bible and went there. What am I going to say? That's what I mean by your name should be associated with something. You know, little thing, the other day my son jammed his, the door of his bathroom. No, the door, she, he entered and the door spot while he was inside so he couldn't come out. Now, this is where I'm going. I told my wife, I said, look at the way life is. I said, do you realize that I remembered to call Godi? He's a furniture maker. He was one that did the doors. This is what I was talking about prosperity. I remember to call him. It was late at night. Where do you live? He told me, I said, I'm coming there to carry you. He said, no, no, don't need no, no, it. I'll come myself. Because he had to go to his shop to go and get tools. To come and help me open a door, a wooden door, at 10 p.m. I told my wife, I said, you see what I'm saying? This guy's name came to my mind when I had this problem. Ask yourself, what will people need and my name will come to their mind? That's what prosperity is. If your name is not associated with anything, you need to pray. It doesn't have to be anything big. It can just be food. What am I food now? We have a party tomorrow. Who will prepare this amount of food for us? 50 people are coming. We forgot to prepare on time. We need somebody who can get this food ready between, before 9 a.m. tomorrow. So who do we call? That's what I'm talking about. We are going for a wedding tomorrow. We need to dress up. This is material. We have only, okay, we have 24, 48 hours. Who do we go to? You have to locate your name somewhere in all of these things. Your name must be located somewhere. And your name should not be type located everywhere. You know, located everywhere. You want to be the one that will sew the cloth and cook the food and drive the car. Are you getting my point? And find the wife and do the cake. And tomorrow be the investment consultant for the family. At the end of the day, at the, at the same time, be the one training the, teaching the children mathematics and physics. It's okay when you are just starting. Eventually, you will know the area where you have strength, where you have grace. Narrow in that area. So that people, when they need something, your name rings a bell. You know, there are things I say that these are the signs that your prosperity is close. When people start calling you on a matter. No, listen. They don't have to pay you anything for initially. But just know that you get a call at least four or five times a week. People need your opinion on a certain matter. So you're already being connected in an area with something. That's what you should go for in life. That's what you should be looking for in life, not quick gain. When you see quick gain, say you're not my friend. 
So a friend of mine came to me and said, Banky, there's something my sister showed me. I said, what is it? He said, there's this thing. They put money in. He said, ah, I put like a, maybe, I can't remember exactly what he said, but maybe put like a million. He said, my money is already like three million. I've been watching. He said, you will see the graph. You see the graph every day going up. So I said, let me add something to you. <laughs> Kegites said, you know Kegites? Pawan the Crass Club. They said, Lalaturukus Ilenimbus. You know what it means? Everything that goes up must come down. <laughs> so I told my friend that day, I said, please excuse me. The money has been going up. He said yes. I said, I think you are involved in a form of scam or pyramid scheme or a Ponzi scheme, something like that. He said, no, 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 it's from America. I said, what did you say? The person talking to me is a professor. I said, with all the knowledge of medicine you have, you don't understand that there are crooks in America too. He said, well, I have told you. He said, my money has been growing. I said, bros, my name is Jonah. If I enter your boat, we're all going down. So enjoy your money. Don't include me. He said, well, I've told you. I said, thank you very much for telling me. After a while, he stopped telling me. And I found out later, what were they investing in? Bitcoin. These so-called virtual currencies. And by that time, it was nearing his peak. He said, thank God, oh, Father God has delivered me for a long time. He's still delivering me. He shall yet deliver me. That's what Paul said. By that time, Bitcoin was already going for maybe like something between twelve dollars and $14,000 for a coin. So his money was still growing. It peaked at twenty. I remember the Latorukus Ilenimbus. Next thing, Bitcoin started falling. It crashed down to below six thousand at a point in time. Generally, it's balanced now around six thousand. I watch it once in a while because I'm waiting for it to get to zero. Where it will get? No, listen. Mark my words. It will get there. It has to get there. It doesn't have any other alternative. Look, it has no option. The only thing that's keeping it going is that the men invested in it are trying to prod it up. It is not sustainable. And Warren Buffett, these are the people who understand the market. They said this thing can never come to a good end. And the New Jesus said, when you see the armies surround Jerusalem, no hard desolation is near. The day Google banned adverts of it, Facebook followed. They don't advertise virtual currency on our platform. I said, this is a sign for you. He said, if you're in Jerusalem, get out. He said, when you see horsemen in pairs, then no, Babylon is falling. I said, can't you see two horsemen are in pairs now? Google, <laughs> Facebook. And Google gave them, he said, look, by July, you can't advertise. I said, this is a sign. They don't want to be involved. This thing is going down. So my friend, I said, the thing was going up, going up. He stopped talking about it. Well, you know, a man has lost money. He doesn't tell you anything again. I didn't say anything. I was looking. I didn't remember that day. I said, my brother, my name is Jonah. Enjoy your money going up. I like where I am right now. Listen to me. This is a matter of fact. God is the one that lifts people up. It has never, people say opportunity comes but once. Don't let it pass you by. It's a lie. Was David at home when Samuel arrived? Please answer me again. I know you've answered me well, but I feel like asking it again. Was David at home when Samuel arrived? Did he allow the oil, therefore, to pour on Eliab? The oil had to wait for David. My oil is my own. It can't pour on you. Your oil is your own. It can't pour on me. It can't pour on your neighbor. Nobody should hurry you into anything. 
When they say, no, 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 just tell them, say, don't leave it, leave it, don't worry. Let me pray about it till tomorrow. Say, ah, by tomorrow it will be gone. Say, they let it go. He said, what if you not really find, because it's happened to you before. You missed it like that and it went to somebody else. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. Remember, somebody else's oil is not supposed to pour on you. It was his own oil. Why are you jealous? That's my attitude, though. My people, that's how I've lived my life. You don't, look, I, I don't regret anything. People say, ah, land in New Heaven that time. Hmm. It used to be, it used to be, it used to be 40,000 naira. Now it's 35 million. Hmm. If I had bought that time, you'll be looking at it. Don't listen to such foolishness. You know, Solomon said that, don't say the former days were better than, you know, this one. You know how you know this foolishness is that, somebody told me that I told him the person. I said, right now, there's land all still going for 40,000, which is will become 40 million one of these days. Go and buy there. What is the next question? Where? You don't know. So you cannot regret this one. You did not know that time too. Now so life be. And of course, you know one thing, let me tell you, be, be careful about trends. When these are flowing one way, ah, you buy line to double, buy line to double. It's people like you that will make it become half. Because after a while, everybody will enter. It will now become another pyramid scheme. Pushing the price up. Then when you have saturated the market, the land that was going for two, two million, they'll be, please, somebody buy half a million. Okay, okay, how much, how much you get? How much will sell it to you for? 250,000 and you'll pay four times. What everybody's rushing into shouldn't worry you. Your life is arranged by God, determined by Him. What He wants you to do is to work with Him. He will take you to the place that you are supposed to get to. I'm not going to do my message. I know we're just just, we will get to this message. We will get there. But we just need to say these things. We need to explain these things to people. Quick gain prevents you from getting into your inheritance. The love for it. Takes away divine wisdom from you. You start running to and fro like every wind, like the devil, for being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. There's money in Abuja, you have gone to Abuja. The money since you are coming moves to Kafancha. Money is in Lagos. You get to Lagos for the first time in your life that sleeping under the bridge. Listen, one of my greatest scriptures, you've heard me quote it countless times. He said, Behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. God's blessings flow towards the people that are pleasing to him. Not those who are running up and down looking for the blessings. That's a matter of fact. You see, as, as we go on, what God wants us to do in life is to cultivate faithfulness. He wants us to cultivate faithfulness. The world wants us to think we, have, we know how to do it. Let me say it again. Most of the things they tell us to do don't work. Let me say that one more time. Most of the things the world tells you to do, they don't work. You say, Pastor Bank, what am I supposed to do there for? Learn what to, to do what is right. Are you getting my point? Just learn it. If something is right, learn to do it. Not because it produces something special. Your future is determined. It's in God's hands. It's in God's hands. A few years ago, I went to my father-in-law's village in Delta State. He was opening his house in the village and stuff. It's what happened between me and my son that I like to tell. Beautiful house. Very beautiful house. So one day, one of those mornings, we were inside the room where my wife and I stayed. So Akinlo came in and said, Daddy, why is this house like this? I said to him, I said, it's called prosperity, my son. Your grandfather decided to build a house in his village. And he had the money to build it, so he did it like this. So Akimlo said, hmm. That's exactly what he did. He said, hmm. 
So daddy, how do I find prosperity? I said, you want prosperity? He said, yes. I told him, kneel down here. So he knelt down. I said, say after me. Oh Lord. He said, oh Lord. Oh that you will bless me indeed. And make my name great. And enlarge my coast. And keep me from harm that it will not touch me. He repeated it. I said, say in Jesus' name. Say in Jesus' name. I said, get up. I said, you have just found prosperity. Now go and do what is right and you will prosper. I said, now go and do what is right. Go and walk with God. Go and learn righteousness and justice. I said, you have found prosperity. I said, you have found prosperity. That prayer is how people find prosperity. When my son wanted to write jam, do you want to study medicine? He said, no. I didn't even try to persuade him. It was not a topic of discussion. That you see, no. I could guarantee my son a seat in that faculty. I mean, let, get my point. Guaranteed, naturally speaking. It's not, it's not, listen, it's not a special favor. It's a spiritual principle. Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that stretching out the medical doctors. Yeah, you getting my point? You want to say medicine? No, no, it's no. It's not a, it's not a passport to anything. Then go to the highest doctors. It doesn't have to be one. One, of our bro- one brother I met once when I went somewhere to go and preach. He took a liking to me because he knows I'm a trained doctor. He's also a doctor, just finishing NYC. He said when he was serving, <laughs> the guy said he has an anointing to beat drums. He beats drums, you know. He said when he beats drums, people get saved. He's not preaching. He's not singing, you know. Just giving the drums. Just beating the drum. People are praying and repenting. But the a trained doctor. He said, when I went to serve, <laughs> he said, I lost respect for money. He said, I lost respect. That is, he said, I was posted to serve in a man's house. I don't know what my point. Bachelor of medicine, bachelor of surgery. NYC posting. Go to chief's house. <laughs> he said, sir, that was when I lost respect for money. The guy didn't have anything. He said, but I have no respect for money again. He said, I've seen too much of it. He said, the house where I lived, he said, my guy and his friends, they can't, he said, you see a Camry, it's a policeman that's inside. Brand new, it's a Toyota, he said, it's a policeman. You can't be them. They only enter Bentleys, Rolls Royces. So by the time he was done, he had no respect for money. That is, he said, come and work for money. He said, no. You're, you're hungry, it doesn't matter. Let me go and beat my drum. That is, he just lost the respect for it. When I finished my NYC that time, I went to Lagos. God took me there to show me some things too. That was why I also less, I lost respect for hustling after money. Just learn to do what is right and relax. My, my colleagues will work three jobs. Three. You know what they call three jobs? I'll tell you what it means. Eight o'clock to three o'clock. Three o'clock to eight o'clock. Then eight o'clock to eight o'clock morning. Just manage to squeeze a little bit of time to transport yourself from one place to the other. Young doctors, their whole life is in a traveling bag. Why? To earn 15,000 naira a month. Each job paid 5,000. Dollar was 79. So do, can do your calculation. They say, why? They wanted to buy cars. Ha. God said, bank, let me show you. No, God has shown me a lot of things in life like that. It just cured me in some things. Took me to my cousin's house, stayed there, just observed for a few months. And I saw my colleagues working three jobs to save 15,000 naira a month to buy a motorcar. And I saw people would say, try this jacket for me. I will wear the jacket. And how much is it? Mm, this one. 
This one's like 12,000 there. 12,000 of that time. That's a doctor who works three and a half, he works almost three months to end it. And I'll try it like this. It's okay. Do you think the size is good? My mind, hmm. <laughs> it's not for me. I mean, I shouldn't even desire that. Even if they give you, you'll be angry. Oh, you give me that kind of thing. I want to be worshipping it. I want you to pray in the morning, hang the suits in front. <laughs> I don't want trouble. It was a day they gave me two pairs of shoes to just test, to help them test how it looked. Put my feet in both of them. How much is this one? This one is 25,000. That one is 50,000 there. Ten months work. <laughs> I didn't say anything, no. I saw men make money. You know, see, because I just finished NYC, I knew what young people like us were doing to be able to get money. And God wanted me to know, Banky, don't do it. Listen, recently, I was sitting at my house, I was meditating. And the Lord helped me to understand something in my heart. You know, I write books. I hang them free on the web for anybody to download. I'm not going to details about that now. But there was a time I wanted to get some materials onto Amazon, you know, stuff and all of that. So the issue was now is that how do I handle it? It's free. You still want to sell it on Amazon and all of that. So the argument I gave myself is that there's a group of people who won't come to Kingdom World, but they'll go to Amazon. And it was, it's not a lie. It's still true till today. But you know the day God killed me. I, I, I'll still do it, but this time around, I've been killed. If, that is for, you know, David says, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Okay? What happened was that God just revealed something to me, just what I'm teaching in this series. Like I told these are the things I've learned over the last two years. That every cowboy you get, I send it. It's not because you know how to make money. So, any money you th- will have thought putting your book in this place and this place will bring to you, just kneel down and ask me for it. I will decide how I'm bringing it. That statement dropped in my heart. Lord, I'm sorry. Since then, if I make any decision now for anything, it's not because I, I'm doing calculation of how much money it will bring. Because the Lord has helped me to understand that if I can put a figure to the need, I should ask for it. So, won't you labor? No, I labor. I believe in laboring. Remember, I said the Lord builds a house. But you see, I understand that it's God that is sending. So, if you'd say that this book will reach one million people if you hang it on the web free, but you won't get a dime. It doesn't brush, that is, it doesn't do me anything. You know what I realized? It has not denied me of a dime that God wanted to give me. And I will make sure I'm not a hindrance to what he wants to do because I think I need money. Like I told you, then in Lagos, I just noticed it. <laughs> hey, men will make phone calls and end in a few hours, what my colleagues are working three jobs a day to earn in six months. That was when I realized what um, this man said, Roland Bok, that he woke up one night in his house and he saw angels were in the house. So he asked one of them, what are you doing? He said, the Lord said we should come and do warfare for your finances. That is, the finances will be controlled by the activity of the angelic beings in his life, not by his own effort. Same thing confirmed by Sadhu Sundar Selvaraj. He said one day he had a vision, and the Lord appeared to him, and had been praying about some things, and he wanted to start his network. And he said, Lord, this is the amount of money we need. And the Lord said, you don't need that amount of money. So he went and calculated again and said, Lord, I'm sorry. I overestimated this how much, how much we need. And the Lord turned to an angel beside him and said, see to it that he gets the money. I don't know whether you are getting my point. That The Lord turned to an angel beside him. I said, see to it that he gets that money. (laughs) 
The time I was on in Lagos that time, when people said, ah, hey, money is in Lagos, I didn't understand what they were talking about. I felt that ministry, I don't know how I understood it, but I just knew that wherever I'll be going next is where ministry will take off from. So God, through just opening doors and confirming different ways, said, go to Enugu. So I arrived in Enugu. And the following year, my wife and I began to, you know, write tracks, stuff like that. Ministry started. Two years later, two and a half years later, thereabout, we started teaching the word here. And now I understand that God had his plan when he said, go to Enugu. Now, why was it easy for me to go? I understood that <laughs> money is not in Lagos. God writes checks and sends to people. I don't know whether you are getting my point. If he plants you in the Sahara Desert, he will make Barclays Bank open a branch next to you to serve only you, if necessary. He will tell GT, go there, open a branch opposite him. That's when I have come to understand that this life is not a game of chance. It's totally not a game of chance. These material things we see, they are controlled by spiritual forces. They are. And listen, God is ready to bless his own people. But just that he said to Abraham, walk before me and be perfect. And is that perfection, he says, we should pursue. Walk, walk before me, be perfect. Pursue per- perfection in the area that I'm focusing your mind on. That's what the Lord is saying. That listen, there is not... Listen, what I'm telling you, I'm not kidding. I have realized there's nothing, if I set my mind on it, that I want it. It's a matter of time. The Lord does one or two things. Either he removes the desire. I, not frustration, no. I, you know, there's a desire that is gone out of frustration. You remove it. What do you give me? See that I'm going child. You know that kind of thing. Abraham, frustration. No. I mean, the Lord will remove the desire that even if you offered it to me, I will say I'm not interested anymore. If he doesn't do it, 100% of the times he supplies it. That's why if a man flies a private jet, it does not impress me. No, no, really, it does not impress me. What I need to buy a private jet is simple. Just one thing. Show me that it is needful. Just show me that it is needful. If you can show me that it is needful, I will buy one. So you have the money. Do I look like I've seen $10 million before? So I don't have to earn $10 million. But I've just realized that it does not take $10 million to buy anything. It takes faith in God to do it. So that's why I don't have time. My business why is he flying a private jet? He has private money. He's going to private places. That's my principle. And there are things I don't believe in raising money to, to get. It's one of those I don't believe in raising money to get it. When it is time. If I, if I start envisaging it now, I, said, I will say to the Lord, please prepare one. And when I say prepare one, I'm not commanding him to prepare one. I'm letting him know my heart is open. I am not angry. I don't, I'm not like the new Mexican president, the president-elect of Mexico, that says a, a, a president should not fly private, so it's going commercial. I just said, Lord, look, my heart is open. In due season. Oh, God. Somebody say due season. <laughs> that is the problem a lot of times. We are not ready to wait for the due season. The world sets agenda for us. Makes us look like we're out of place. Makes us look like we're out of time. Out of rhythm. Why? Because the world has set its own agenda. But I realized there's nothing too big. Nothing. Look, there was one man I looked at his Bible school in, you know, in one of these African countries. Beautiful thing. And I soaked it in. The Lord can do this. 
The Lord can do it. I didn't mention how much does it cost. Don't worry. See, it is not my intelligence that will do some things. Let me give you an example. If God said build a Bible school, as an example, He has mapped the land and I've won- He has already warned people, don't build here. If you build here, I will take the building. And I don't have to know. All it requires for me is this kind of heart. Just open your heart. Don't, don't, don't make it look as if material things, they are God. They're not God. I am God and there is none else. I told my son that day, I said, listen, you have found prosperity. See this prayer? It's prosperity. Go now and go and read your book. Go now and go and obey the Lord. Pursue righteousness. Pursue justice. Make sure you learn righteousness and justice. That's all. God will open doors for you that you did not even know were there. You thought it was a wall. As you are getting there, God will say, pass through here. This is a mistake we make a lot of times. We're just trying to follow the path that other people have used. So they'll tell you that buy football for your children. You've heard that kind of madness before? So why should I buy football for my children? He said, because J.J. Okocha, what name other guys for me? I don't know too many. Nigerians who don't name, don't name, don't name. Kanuanko, thank you. Give me another name. Mikel Obi, because they've made a lot of money playing football. You forget that for every person that made money playing football, 10,000 died hungry playing the same football professionally. <laughs> I'm not going to buy football because of the, a, a, a chance of one in... I hope you know the chance of succeeding in football is, is less than one in 10,000. And then you play for a few years. You become broke like coaching local club side. Not because of humility. I don't believe none of those things. Why? Look, listen. A Nigerian man wrote a code on navigating if you are, is it walking in, is it Los Angeles? Apple paid him one billion US dollars. Do you know what I said? Who wants to play football after that? It's a Nigerian guy. No, Nigerian guy. His company, Apple bought his company for one billion US dollars. If Mikael plays, his grandfather plays, his great-grandfather plays, his children play, and they don't spend their money, they can't gather that money in three generations. <laughs> there are people that didn't play football, but God just put favor on them. Every time they talk for one hour, they get paid $25,000. So, listen, don't let money be telling you what you will do with your life. God will open his own door at the appropriate time. There was a time that comedians in Nigeria were struggling people. How many people cracked jokes and became rich in Nigeria before this modern day? Now they will tell, uh, what's the name of uh, Alibaba? To come and MC a show. And he will tell them his fee is 5 million naira. Who knew that was possible? Look, let's now look, 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 look. Even preachers have come to Nigeria to preach before. And they say, thank you, sir, for coming. They give them $1 million in cash. I'm not kidding. One preacher was there when he was ministering. He mentioned another American preacher that anytime he goes to see him, it's a hundred thousand dollars. That he goes to say good morning, sir. Just say, let me bless you. Have you seen there's no look like they say, like they say in the Western Nigeria, the road to the market is not one road. You enter market from every angle. You think market is shop, right? No. 
Ogwete is market. Are you getting my point? Different, different. Yeah, so don't, 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 don't focus your mind on one place where people have passed. Look up. Are you getting my point? As the eyes of the servant are upon the master, so our eyes are upon you. That's what God is asking for. Are you getting my point? He controls everything. He controls this earth. Told my son that they said, you have found prosperity. Now go and learn obedience. Go and learn righteousness. Go and learn justice. Learn to do what is right. Study your books well. Because the day that God wants to shine abundance upon you, I cannot tell you ahead of time how you will do it. I can't tell. I can't tell. I can't tell. That's what the Bible calls the knowledge of witty inventions. It gives people inventions that the whole world will be paying them for. He does things different ways. Let me end my message here. I just want you to understand that he rules. Somebody say he rules. He rules. He reigns. Somebody say he reigns. He reigns. And don't forget it. He has your life in his hands. And he has ordained for you to get somewhere. And he will by himself take you there. Bow your head and give him thanks. Just say, Lord, thank you. Father, we give you praise. Let's just thank him in our own words. Say, Lord, thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you. For your goodness to me. Thank you. For enlightening my heart. Opening my eyes. Pouring illumination into my soul. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. You are setting me right. You are setting me on the right path. Thank you. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. As you depart from here, goodness will go with you. Amen. The power of God to protect is going with you. Amen. No evil will befall you. Amen. Protection is your portion on the highway, Amen. and the streets, Amen. in your home, Amen. wherever you are. The angels of God will protect you. Amen. You will be guarded by them. Amen. You will be kept safe by them. Amen. The power of God will keep you safe. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Fear will not be your portion. Amen. I said it. Fear will not be your portion. Amen. You will have no cause to fear. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The faith of God will overshadow you. Amen. Even in the face of things that make other people fear, you will not be afraid. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I say it again, goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Amen. If anybody is sick here, I speak to that sickness. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, there's nothing like sickness is incurable. Forget that thing. It just means doctors don't know what to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, things that they said was incurable before, they suddenly now become curable when they have, when they have found what to do. Uh, are they greater than God? So no matter what is afflicting you, listen, it is not incurable. The power of God dissolves it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Even if the part was missing in the body, I command it to be recreated in the name of Jesus Christ. The God that made the body has spare parts. And spiritual things are real. It's not as if you get it when you get to heaven. If you open your heart, it will come from heaven to earth now. And yours has just arrived in the name of Jesus. I wanted to pray for somebody, claim something for somebody. That somebody that's dear to you, not the one you saw in the pages of the newspaper. I'm not saying that is bad, but that's not the one I'm talking about now. Somebody sent you a video, oh, this girl is sick. If God places a burden upon you for such a person, fine. But I'm talking about your, your mother, your father, your brother at home, your beloved friend. You know the way uh, David loved Jonathan, your wife, your husband, your son, your daughter. It can even be your teacher, somebody you hold dear. Somebody who, 
if he or she were to die today, you will cry and mourn. Yes, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That's the person I want you to receive something for. If the person is sick especially. Now your heart, just picture that person and say, Lord, touch my loved one. God will answer because of you. Just say, Lord, touch my loved one with your healing power. Mention the person's name. Oh, God answers prayers. Oh, I've seen it in recent times. Oh, we we'll cry to him, we we'll receive mercy. Now, I speak the power of God into that person's life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If two officials agree, I come into agreement with you. And I say, Lord, let your healing power touch that individual now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Affliction be gone. Amen. Sickness disappear. Amen. Let the sound of rejoicing be heard in the abode of the righteous. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Doors will open for you this coming week. Amen. Prosperity will come into your house in the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't believe two doors, though, because doors to great halls are small. I hope you are getting my point. Uh, the room may be big, but the door is small. So a door will open for you this week in Jesus' name. Amen. The faith to see your door, receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we worship you. Because you are our God. And you are our hope in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Those coming for the first time, open the magazine that was given to you to page 11. That's how we share the grace in fellowship. Remember, we cannot be afraid of Ogoni people. Do you know why? We are senior. It's not arrogant, so. Now, so life be. Do you get my point? Uh, if I'm not afraid of a witch, it's not like I'm... Um, what is wrong with you, sir? You think you're the only man of God? It's not like that. I'm a senior witch. I, I'm a... I'm a, I'm a I'm a more powerful and more dangerous witch than the fellow. Do you get my point? You know, that time when we were young, you know, I don't know whether you had dog in your house and you have chicken. When we were small that time, I remember this particular fowl in our estate. It delivered pekins. You know what they call pekins? The, the egg hatch. We had a dog called Lucky. Lucky was a nice guy. They didn't use to look for trouble. So they woke up. Lucky was walking his own. He now straight to where the the cheeks of the hen was. So the hen attacked. Now Lucky put the leg down. Now the hen drew back. The hen attacked again. Lucky, give him again. Now the hen said, no matter how angry I am. <laughs> man, Pastor Man, you get my point. Lucky was not bragging. It's like, am I your mate? Because you, you get picking, I don't go wakai again. I remember very still in my head. What am I saying to you? So you, you have no need to be afraid. You are, you are, it's not bragging. I hope you get my point. If you are in Christ, you are senior to every occultic man on this earth. You know what Jesus even said? That even if, you are, even if they are not occultic, if they are like John the Baptist and Elijah and Koh. He said, of all men born of women, none is as great as John. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John. How much more do which? <laughs> are you getting my point here? Therefore, I say to you, there is no cause to fear. We are in a cult too. Just like Christians often forget. So don't ever forget this. Say, how many of you in this class are in a cult? Put up your hand. Say, I mean, which cult today? Christ. We don't kill people. We bless them. But we are powerful. Why we don't kill is that we know how powerful we are. The people were so powerful. They asked Jesus, should we call fire down? And Jesus didn't say, hey, who taught you that one? Jesus didn't say that one. Just say, you don't know the kind of spirit that you have. Because Jesus actually could call fire down. So I want you to feel confident. Now every cult has its own incantations. 
This is one of our incantations. Now let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please, sow into three people's lives around you. This is your season. Two more people. This is your season. One more person. This is your season. Don't forget yourself. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. All right, cherub brethren. God bless you.